1: Good Friday morning. A big move in Washington. Yeah, President Biden and those classified documents at the center of it. It is January 13th. This is Today. Under investigation, a special counsel appointed to look into classified files discovered at the president's former office and inside the garage of his Delaware home.
2: My Corvette's in the lock garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street.
1: This morning, new details on how sensitive those documents were and where the case goes from here. Remembering Lisa Marie, the 54-year-old daughter and only child of Elvis Presley has passed away at a California hospital after suffering cardiac arrest. Her mother, Priscilla, sharing the news overnight, just days after they attended the Golden Globes together.
3: Lisa Marie, Priscilla, I love you forever. We'll have the
1: very latest, and the tribute's now pouring in. Breaking overnight, the death toll rising after an outbreak of rare January tornadoes rips through the south.
4: Look at all that debris up in there, wow.
1: Nearly three dozen in a matter of hours, states of emergency declared. While in the west, new flood alerts are issued ahead of the next big storm this weekend. Al is tracking it all. Cause of the chaos? The investigation into the massive outage that snarled air travel from coast to coast, focusing on failed computer protocols. Tom Costello will have new details. Back in court, the Idaho murder suspect appears before a judge and waives his right to a speedy hearing. Just ahead, what that means for the search for answers in the case and what comes next. Go Story Plus, Mega Billions. Tonight's drawing, one of the largest ever, leaving Americans hoping this will be their lucky day today, Friday, January 13th, 2023.
5: From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cutby, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza.
1: And hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to today on a Friday morning. It's good to have you with us. And boy, that news overnight that Lisa Marie Presley has passed, it really just feels like a gut punch. Well, it was one of those things where you looked first and she was had cardiac arrest and you could
6: not believe when you saw the news that Lisa Marie had passed away, the only child of Elvis Presley. She's
1: 54 years old and two days yeah. ago there she was yeah. at the Golden Globes yeah. with her mom and mm-hmm. celebrating the movie dedicated to her father. So mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in a moment. Got to get to our top story. Starts in Washington. The president now facing a special Council investigation over his handling of classified documents. That decision coming amid new revelations about the discovery of additional materials from the Obama administration at the president's home in Delaware. We've got two reports this morning. We'll start with NBC's chief White House correspondent, Peter Alexander. Peter, good morning.
5: Savannah, good morning. Republicans this week had been pressuring the attorney general to appoint a special counsel after he named one to investigate Mr. Trump's handling of classified documents. And after revelations that more documents tied to Vice Vice President Biden's time serving as vice president had been discovered, one as recently as Wednesday, Garland did just that. White House saying that it is confident that a thorough review will show that these documents were inadvertently misplaced. This morning, President Biden's handling of classified information is under growing scrutiny after Attorney General Merrick Garland announced that he's appointed a special counsel to investigate.
2: The extraordinary circumstances here require the appointment of a special counsel for this matter.
5: Garland naming Robert Hur, a former U.S. attorney in Maryland, appointed by then-President Trump to head up the inquiry. Garland also detailing the expanding timeline of discoveries. On November 2nd, the president's personal lawyers found fewer than a dozen classified documents at a former office in Washington, just six days before the midterm elections. And then on December 20th, they found another batch inside the garage of Mr. Biden's Wilmington, Delaware home, a location we got a glimpse of in this campaign video where the president keeps his
2: Corvette. My Corvette's in a lock garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. People know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. It
5: wasn't until two months later on January 9th that the discovery of the first batch of documents became public following media reports. And just two days ago, another classified document was found in a room adjacent to the garage. Garland revealing that the Justice Department was notified of that yesterday. Overnight, NBC News learning one of the documents found at Mr. Biden's former office was marked with the highest classification in government, what's called top secret SCI, according to a senior U.S. official and another person familiar with the matter. Last fall, President Biden slammed Mr. Trump for storing hundreds of classified materials at his Mar-a-Lago estate.
2: How that could possibly happen. How one, anyone could be that irresponsible?
5: Mr. Trump last night again claiming that he had the right as a former president to retain classified documents, even though there's no evidence any of them had been properly declassified.
2: You know, when Biden is admonishing me for documents that I'm allowed to have as president, I'm allowed to have. We were allowed to take this. Uh, many
5: presidents took things with them. NBC News has also learned that federal law enforcement officials have now interviewed multiple aides who worked for then-Vice President Biden in the final days of the Obama administration. That's according to two people familiar with the matter. And among those aides, former executive assistant, a woman by the name of Kathy Chung, who helped pack up Mr. Biden's vice presidential office in January of 2017. Chung is now a senior aide to the defense secretary. The Pentagon referred our questions to the Justice Department. And Savannah, the White House is not commenting.
1: All right, Peter, thank you. We want to get more perspective on all of this from NBC senior Washington correspondent Hallie Jackson. Hallie, as ever, there are legal implications. There are political implications. Let's start with the law, the legal case and how this might proceed. The key part of
7: that, Savannah, in the legal case is going to be intent. That's the most important thing, according to legal experts that I've spoken with. And that is what the president's attorneys are really trying to emphasize, that this wasn't intentional. It was an accident. You keep seeing the word inadvertent in these statements. They're also emphasizing that they immediately reported it and cooperated with investigators. This seems like a clear signal to those who are investigating it that they did not have the intent
1: to do anything wrong here. That's crucial. Let's talk about the politics, because needless to say, former President Trump faces his own special counsel investigation with regard to the classified documents that were discovered at Mar-a-Lago. And there's a lot of whataboutism equivalencies being set up between these two cases. And it's a classic where you stand depends on where you sit moment in Washington. How is that playing out? So on Capitol Hill, look at it from the GOP side first. Savannah, they want
7: investigations; they want a damage assessment, for example, to see what happened here. As we head into 2024, I imagine they're going to try to use this to your point, Savannah, to try to neutralize criticism of former President Trump. On the Democratic side, I'm already hearing this from members of Democratic leadership that one of these things is not exactly like the other, right? That there are key distinctions when it comes to things like, from what we know right now, volume, for example, um, questions about cooperation, etc. That is something that Democrats are emphasizing and will likely continue to do so as long as this special counsel investigation
6: remains open.
1: All right, well, we will continue to watch it, Holly. Thank you. Let's move now to
6: that sad news from Hollywood overnight on the death of Lisa Marie Presley, the only child of Elvis, passing away just a short time after she was rushed to a California hospital. Here right now, we've got, uh, I think, a live look at Graceland, the home her father made famous, and she actually owned, keeping it open to the public. It's now, of course, available for tours. And this morning, as emotional tributes pour in, there are new questions over just what happened. NBC's Aaron McLaughlin joins us with the very latest. Hey, Aaron, good morning.
8: Hoda, good morning. Just days ago, Lisa Marie Presley was celebrating what would have been her father's 88th birthday, first at her child home, Graceland, and later at the Golden Globes. Now the 54-year-old, who grew up under intense media scrutiny as the only daughter of one of the world's most famous and beloved performers, is gone, leaving many around the world stunned. Lisa Marie Presley, the sole daughter of rock and roll icon Elvis Presley, passed away after suffering a cardiac arrest. Overnight, a representative for her mom confirming Presley's passing in a statement, writing she and the family are shocked and devastated by the tragic death of their beloved Lisa Marie. According to a sheriff's spokesperson, medics were able to find a pulse and transported her by ambulance to the hospital where she later died. Just two days earlier, Presley was at the Golden Globes, honoring the memory of her dad and cheering on rising star Austin Butler, who portrayed Elvis in Baz Luhrmann's musical biopic. Later that evening, Butler thanking Presley and her mom in his acceptance speech.
3: Lisa Marie, Priscilla, I love you forever.
8: The shout out bringing Presley to tears. Earlier, Presley appearing to be unsteady during an interview on the red carpet. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to grab your Yeah. This past Sunday, Lisa Marie visited Graceland to help mark what would have been Elvis's 88th birthday.
9: I think that he would be proud. I think this year has been an incredible year. I think the movie was incredible, um, and I'm very proud of it.
8: Overnight fans and friends reacting to the loss. John Travolta writing, I'm so sorry. I'll miss you, but I know I'll see you again. Lisa Marie, an artist in her own right, was born in 1968 to her mom, Priscilla, and her father, Elvis. His untimely death in 1977, when she was just nine years old, a defining moment that cast a long shadow over her entire life, a life marked by tragedy and addiction that often played out in the public eye. Lisa Marie Presley had four marriages, most famously to another pop icon Michael Jackson. She was also briefly married to actor Nicholas Cage before having four children with her two other husbands. Presley made multiple appearances on Today, including a performance on the plaza back in 2003. In the past, Presley was vocal about her struggles including her battle with addiction. In 2018, while touring Graceland, she told Arjen Bush Hager,
0: "Like I hit bottom." Low bottom. From where I was to just from, it's pretty miraculous. I think that <laughs> I've come this far.
8: Presley later admitting she was destroyed by the 2020 suicide of her 27 year old son, Benjamin. Last August, to mark National Grief Awareness Day, the mother of four penned an emotional essay, writing, It's a real choice to keep going, one that I have to make every single day, and one that is constantly challenging to say the least but I keep going for my girls.
6: This is such a sad and tragic story. Erin, you mentioned that she is also the mother, was also the mother to three daughters. How are they doing?
8: That's right, Hoda. Lisa Marie leaves behind actress Riley Keough and 14-year-old twin girls, once calling her daughters her favorite people in the world. A family representative told us overnight the Presleys are grateful for the support, love, and prayers of everyone. Hoda.
1: All right. Erin McLaughlin for us. Erin, thank you. Well, we turn now to a big development in that massive FAA computer outage. It led to chaos at the nation's airports earlier this week. NBC News has learned investigators believe it could have been the result of contract workers who failed to follow proper computer protocols.
3: NBC's Tom Costello
1: is on this story. He's at Reagan National Airport. Tom, what have you learned?
3: Savannah, good morning. Investigators don't know if this was malicious or human error, but they believe that these contract employees somehow damaged files in this critical FAA computer system. When the FAA tried to reboot, the system then began to strutter, stutter, and then they had delays and cancellations that would only build and roll through the day. It's a stunning development. That massive FAA computer glitch on Wednesday that brought air traffic to a standstill may have all been caused by just one or two FAA contract employees. Senior government officials with knowledge of the investigation tell NBC News the contractors had access to the FAA's NOTAM computer system. Preliminary information suggests one or more may have somehow corrupted an FAA computer file, damaging and slowing both the primary and backup systems. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. It seems hard to believe that a single person could put the FAA in the position where they had to literally hit the pause button on all domestic takeoff. That is exactly what uh, I am asking FAA to review uh, and getting an explanation about. Uh, We need to make sure that uh, there are uh, enough safeguards built into the system that this level of disruption can't happen because of an individual person's decision or action or mistake. Investigators only determined what happened after reviewing computer login records. Is there any indication that this was intentional? We've uh, had no indication or evidence of that. Uh, Of course, part of what the uh, uh, review is uh, making sure of is that we know everything we would need to know in order to rule that out. The DOT says the contractors no longer have access to the FAA computers. The failure led to cascading delays and cancellations that affected hundreds of thousands of passengers.
0: No information from the airline, no emails, no text messages, nothing.
3: Complicating matters, the NOTAM system, critical for pilots who need updated flight information, is running on 30-year-old software and not due to be replaced for another six years. A former FAA chief says those critical air traffic computers must join the 21st century and fast. The system is now stretched to its limits and can't tolerate, uh, you know, any inconsistencies, old software, hardware, any of that uh, can have a very negative effect on the operation of the overall system. Secretary Buttigieg does tell me that the Congress has allocated money and that they've been spending money at the FAA to upgrade that computer system. But you can't just flip a switch and make it work overnight. It takes time. It's a very big complicated system. He's asking whether they can expedite the process. In the meantime, the FAA is doubling down on computer protocols and cybersecurity. Savannah.
1: Pretty stunning to think about that being three decades old, Tom. Uh, Thank you very much. Appreciate the report.
6: All
4: right.
1: 715. Craig's here. Another
4: big story in the weather. Hey, Savannah. Good morning. Mm -hmm. Good morning to you as well. Uh, We're talking about a rare January outbreak of tornadoes tearing through the south, leading to deaths, damages, power outages, We'll get to Al's forecast in just a moment. But first, NBC's Blaine Alexander joins us from hard hit Selma, Alabama. Blaine, what are you seeing on the the ground there?
10: Well, Craig, good morning to you. What we're seeing right here is just devastation. I want to show you this is a debris pile. This is what used to be pieces of structures that have kind of come together here, shattered behind me. Up here, if you look, you can see just how powerful this wind was. Pieces of brick just ripped off of the side of a building. And I've got to say, this is not the only scene like this. As you drive through Selma, you can see other images just like this one, power poles lighting the streets and blocking off roadways. You know, right now, parts of Alabama remain under a state of emergency this morning. And officials tell us that as they continue to go through this rubble and sift through and get a full picture of the scope of the damage, they're concerned that that death toll could possibly rise. It is the very picture of terror. I ain't never been so scared in my life, but I was praying a massive tornado barreling through Dallas County, Alabama, ripping through cars, homes, everything in its path.
11: Just by the grace of God, we all survived
10: all part of a severe weather outbreak in the dead of winter, producing nearly three dozen tornado reports across the southeast, snapping power poles, leaving tens of thousands in the dark. In Selma, the storm tore a path of destruction through downtown
8: this is a sad day in Selma and Dallas
10: County. Officials are reporting at least seven deaths from the storm in Alabama and Georgia, a number they say could rise as teams begin search and rescue efforts.
11: We've got the
3: uh, Southern Baptist uh, chainsaw teams coming in to help the individuals uh, who may need help cutting their way into their homes, uh, getting into what, what may
11: be left of their homes,
10: On Thursday, 23 million people were in the path of those storms, stretching through Alabama, Georgia, the Carolinas, and Kentucky. In Georgia, a five-year-old boy was killed when a tree fell on his family's car.
4: Elsewhere, others barely escaped. We jumped out the car and ran into Laney's. And we all got in the freezer. A lot of praying and calling on Jesus.
10: The weather, relentless on both coasts. In California, the death toll continues to climb after days of unprecedented flooding. This morning, residents there are bracing for yet another series of storms that are likely to impact the southern part of the state this weekend. And the National Weather Service says that it could take days before those tornadoes are confirmed here across the south. Meanwhile, across Selma, streets are simply closed, impassable, with trees and power lines dotting the areas, making them just too dangerous to try and drive right now. Craig, the city is under a curfew right now with officials asking residents to stay inside until the
1: sun comes up.
4: Right. Some serious devastation behind you there. Blaine Alexander Force in Alabama. Blaine, thank you. that
1: going be a tough day there. And what do you expect, Al?
2: Well, guys, it, what's the interesting thing is we've seen 35 reports as tornado outbreak uh, yesterday. And what we're also seeing since 1979, the traditional tornado alley is moving east into higher populated areas from New Orleans all the way up to Chicago. This is the upward trend. So we may be seeing this more and more. Now, out west, 15 million people under flood watches and warnings for California. You can See, it is now shifting up to the north right now, Northern California, parts of the Pacific Northwest. However, as that storm slams in, it's going to be impacting from Washington to Northern California. The next storm, as we move into tomorrow, this one's more powerful and it's going to start moving down into the south of California, into Southern California, landslide, debris flows, flooding possible. And then Sunday, another big storm comes in. This will hit the west on Sunday night, bringing heavy rain, some places picking up another four to six inches of rain, upwards of eight inches. And then as you move into the mountains, three to six feet more of snow. And that's your latest weather.
1: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Coming up, what happened at the latest court appearance by the man accused of killing four college students in Idaho? NBC's Stephanie Goss was right there.
9: Savannah, murder suspect Brian Koberger and his public defender say they do want a preliminary hearing, and they also want time. That's time to go through the evidence. Coming up, we'll tell you what to expect from that hearing and who we may hear from on the stand, Savannah.
6: All right. Uh, also head guys, uh, the comment from one safety official about gas stoves, and it has ignited a firestorm. So could they really be banned? What you need to know about the potential health hazards they could pose to your family. We'll break it all down. But first, this is today on NBC. Now we're cooking with you. 7:30 <laughs> that <730. laughs> one of our final looks at that still gorgeous Rockefeller Center Christmas tree we get to enjoy this one a little bit longer than in years past, but if you are a tourist and you're in New York City, this is the last day. It's coming
1: down this weekend, yeah. tomorrow, actually, I think, on the 14th. And 14. if you're a procrastinator and haven't taken your yeah. tree down, well, this excuse is now gone. Don't <laughs> it starts tomorrow. Yes. You're yes. not the only one. Uh, by yeah. the way, it's turned into lumber and it's donated to Habitat for Yeah, families, It's not wasted. So, not year. at all. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get to your headlines it's 730. The Justice Department is accusing City National Bank of discrimination by refusing to underwrite mortgages and predominantly black and Latino communities. The DOJ is requiring the Los Angeles-based bank to pay more than $31 million. This is the largest redlining settlement in department history. City National is the latest bank in the past several years to be accused of discriminatory lending, a practice that the Biden administration has set up its own task force to combat. All right, if you think you've seen a
6: UFO or some kind of mysterious flying object around the sky, you're not by yourself. The Defense Department says it has received 366 new reports of UFOs or unidentified aerial phenomena since March of 2021. They say about half of them were probably balloons or drones, but the other half of the new cases could not be explained mm. and appear to have demonstrated unusual flight characteristics. The DOD says it will require some further analysis. Mm.
4: All right, To the mega millions now, excitement. Over tonight's drawing has reached a fever pitch from coast to coast. That jackpot, now worth an estimated $1.35 billion. That makes it the second largest prize in Mega Millions history. If you are lucky, when you win, you choose the cash payout option, that's worth about $707 million before taxes. The drawing is tonight, 11 o'clock Eastern. Good luck.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. We've got a lot more to get to this morning, including the latest on the case in Idaho we've been following. It now appears questions about the murders of the four college students there will remain unanswered for at least a few more months. Yeah. In court yesterday, the
6: suspect's lawyer asked the judge to schedule his next hearing for the summer so they can prepare. NBC's Stephanie Gask is in Moscow with the latest. Hey, Steph, morning.
9: Hey there, Hoda. You know, that could be the last time we see Brian Koberger for a while that preliminary hearing set for june 26 until then he's being held without bail and for now he remains at this small county jail brian koberger back in court briefly his attorney telling the judge thursday they want a preliminary hearing but not until june even though the idaho murder
12: suspect is being held without bail Mr. Koberger understands his right to a timely preliminary hearing, and he's willing to waive the timeliness to allow us time to obtain discovery in this case.
9: The defense team says they need the time to go through the prosecution's evidence. Koberger has said through a previous attorney that he believes he'll be exonerated.
5: DNA evidence videotaped evidence of the car, the cell phone tower technology, when put together, they create an extremely strong circumstantial case here. The defense is likely to start attacking all of those individual strands
9: that DNA evidence proving key to the investigation. A source close to the investigation telling NBC News Koberger did not become a suspect until December 23rd, more than a month after the murders, when forensic genealogy led investigators to a specific family, and that eventually led them to Brian Koberger, who was arrested on December 30th. Forensic genealogy relies on publicly accessible DNA databases that people use to trace their family histories. It has increasingly become a powerful tool for law enforcement, a kind of scientific tip that can lead investigators to a suspect, just like in this case. We can stop violent criminals in their tracks, especially for these types of intimate violent crimes. If you are if you leave your DNA behind, we will identify you, whether you're in the law enforcement database or not. Legal experts say it's possible Koberger's defense team will ask for the trial to be moved from Moscow, Idaho.
5: Everybody there is somehow connected to the case. And so it's going to be very difficult for the defense to pull out a jury pool that will give him a fair
6: trial. All right, Steph, you mentioned that preliminary hearing isn't going to happen until June. But when it does happen, what could we see there?
9: Well, Hoda, a preliminary hearing is where the prosecution has to prove they have enough evidence to go to trial. So they'll have to lay that evidence out, and that could include witnesses like law enforcement and possibly that surviving roommate who says she saw a figure, the murderer, wearing black with a mask over his face and very characteristic bushy eyebrows. All
6: right, Stephanie Gask for us there in Moscow.
1: Steph, thanks. Coming up,
9: imagine getting to tell the story
1: of our universe in a whole new way. Harry Smith will introduce us to the small but very talented team bringing the Webb Telescope's discoveries
4: into brilliant color. (laughs) First, though, the safety of gas stoves in the spotlight this morning after one suggestion they could be banned. Sam Brock is on that story for us. Hey, Sam.
11: Yeah, Craig, this suggestion has inflamed some tensions, shall we say. But the federal government says they're not about to ban gas stoves. But still, a recent study linking them to childhood asthma has kickstarted some conversation where things stand right after this break.
0: Hey, it's Mel Robbins. Let's cut to the chase. There is a change you want to make right now, but you're waiting to feel motivated. You don't need motivation. You've got me. You can change your life anytime you want, and when you're ready, the Mel Robbins podcast is here to help you with inspiration and simple science-backed tools to help you create a better life. Listen to me and you'll feel motivated all right. Listen and follow the Mel Robbins podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
6: Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released
10: every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.
6: we're back with
1: Consumer Confidential, our series around this time every morning where we highlight stories that impact your family and your budget. Okay, this morning's focus, questions and concerns over those gas-powered stoves after a commissioner at the Consumer Product Safety Commission labeled them a hidden health hazard, even suggesting they could be banned. Everyone was really oh, low-key about it. Yeah, <laughs> that's
4: right. NBC's Sam Brock joining us with, uh, with a little bit more on this one. Sam, good morning.
11: Guys, good morning. You might say their blood was boiling there for a moment. Now, those comments, pun intended, obviously, are from an independent agency that protects consumers. And they have created some heated reaction. The agency itself says it's not planning on banning gas stoves. But the warning has kickstarted a conversation right now about gas stoves versus electric or even induction with child health. Top of mind in this. This morning, comments from a member of the Consumer Product Safety Commission, or CPSC, have fired up a major debate. Will the United States of America ban... Gas stoves. Can they even do that? Are these people insane? In an interview with Bloomberg, a commissioner with a government agency called gas stoves a hidden hazard. It comes as mounting research links gas stoves to health risks when it comes to breathing issues. A recent peer-reviewed study from a prominent medical journal found nearly 13% of childhood asthma cases in the U.S. are attributable to gas stove use.
9: It's terrifying as a parent to have a small child, a toddler who has asthma.
11: Heather Price's then-two-year-old son used to need an inhaler. But when they moved to a nearby home with all-electric appliances more than a decade ago, she says her son's respiratory issues improved almost instantly. Do you think there's a strong likelihood that the reason your son developed asthma was because of exposure to a gas appliance?
9: That's my sense of it. It was the one thing that, you know, the big thing that we changed.
11: While the agency says they are looking for ways to reduce indoor air quality hazards related to gas stoves, which also emit the greenhouse gas methane, They are not looking to ban gas stoves. Still, states like California and New York are already moving toward prohibiting the sale of new gas appliances by 2030 in an effort to reduce emissions. But experts say a nationwide ban is improbable, as are any forced changes to your kitchen. It's
0: extraordinarily unlikely that any future ban would ever require somebody to replace an existing appliance. What we're talking about is new construction, residential developments.
11: So what are the pros and cons of different stoves, from gas and electric to newer induction technology? Well, a lot
5: of people, again, that grew up with gas are very comfortable with it.
11: Jeff Jascott of Aggressive Appliances in Orlando says that electric and induction stovetops are not just safer, but more efficient, even if there's less panache than cooking on an open flame. So every
5: chef in the world is probably going to kill me for saying this, but I would say induction is faster, is just as responsive, cools off quicker, easier to clean up. Sam, we're going to Washington and we're going to tell the politicians
11: we have a solution buy induction. Everybody can be happy.
4: Oh, wow. He's clearly a fan of the induction stove there. But Sam, beyond the concerns over (laughs) asthma, concerns over the environment, what what do experts say induction stoves? Why do they say they're so much safer? And why is it smoking so much there?
11: Yeah, the the safety is here. Good question, Greg, because this pot is boiling right now. Induction, the reason it's so great is it's instantaneous heating. Unlike an electric stove where it starts at the heat source, then the glass, then the cooking vessel, it goes straight from source to cooking vessel, which is what you're looking at right here, as long as it's a ferrous metal, obviously it's boiling. I'm going to move this pot now. Oh, don't and touch I'm it. Gonna place my oh, hand that. on where you ready? No. No. Look oh, at that. Wow. Okay. Now, obviously, if this were an electric stove, my hand would be burning right now. If it were an open flame, we'd have serious problems. But if you have a young kid that comes by and accidentally touches this on an hmm. induction stove, you're okay. How's that for a show and tell? And I'm so happy that uh, I don't have any burns right like to <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah,
1: to too. My, my Glad efforts. that worked out. <laughs> yeah, Sam, thank, thank you. you Sam. I just learned a
2: lot. It yep. did. Yeah. That's a very special pot he's got. He's got a Brock Pot yeah. right there. Bro-
1: All pot. the parents watching, uh, we're like, don't uh, touch uh, the uh, stove. <laughs> Brock Pot, I get it.
6: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mr. Roker, what you got? All right, let's show <laughs> you what we've got going on for today. Uh, and in fact, this year, 2022, last year, I should say, sixth hottest year on record. This is the 46th consecutive year with global temperatures in above the 20th century average. The last eight years have been the hottest eight years on record. So we continue to warm up. Well, we are looking at some Snow. It is winter, stretching from New England down into the Appalachians. We've got winter weather advisors and winter storm warnings, even some flood warnings out for parts of coastal Maine. We've got some snow, light snow from Cleveland, Rochester up to Messina, New York, also some snow down Charleston, West Virginia, generally anywhere from two to four inches of snow from Cleveland, heavier amounts in northern Maine. And we've got warm air today, temperatures in the low to mid-50s to almost near sixty in Norfolk ahead of this front. Behind it, temperatures anywhere from ten to fifteen degrees below average. And then those temperatures drop tomorrow, D.C. 41, 53 in Pensacola, Orlando, only 53 degrees. But as you'll see, early next week, temperatures rebound by Tuesday in Cincinnati. You're at 57. Same in Charlotte, Norfolk, New York will be up into the mid-40s. And that is your latest weather, guys.
6: All right, now Al, uh, Thank you. Still ahead, guys, the debate that is rising this morning. It's a new list of each state's favorite bread. Think about All Arizona nice. for a minute. Okay. We'll be back right after this. Mm-hmm.
7: Help you, boys.
5: You got any uh, white bread? Yes. I'll have some toasted white bread, please.
6: Want butter or jam on that toast, honey?
5: No, ma'am. Dry.
4: Toasted.
13: Oh Man, I haven't seen that in
4: forever. Carson's Ah. joining the party with that iconic scene from Mm -hmm. the Blues Brothers.
13: Yes, if you're left questioning that order, I'm sure you were like Aretha was there. Get ready for debate that Mm -hmm. is hot out of the oven. (laughs) So there's a new map out that we discovered with a state-by-state breakdown of the most popular types of bread. (laughs) So... Uh, being the carb lovers that we are, we thought we'd <laughs> take a minute to check out our home states. Mm-hmm. In California, where I'm from, yes. uh, pan dolce is the bread wow. that is most popular in the regional, which is a predominantly like a... That, a that's, not that's, that's, that's not it. That's a this is, this is Louisiana. This is a baguette. But I lived in San Francisco in the state of California for a while. And I have to say, my sister and I discovered a bakery that early in the morning, if you knew, you could knock on the back door. Yeah, uh-huh. And for a buck, they'd bring you out a sourdough oh, baguette. Sourdough. That's warm, in my heart.
4: Warm like, oh, wow. warm, like that. Warm right Rip out of Rip off a of piece it. of it.
1: it, it, it California's yeah. is the pandulche. Yeah. Okay. What is yours? This is Arizona, this is a tortilla, mm-hmm. which I love and agree with. I'm going to say this is not the tortilla that we Arizonans <laughs> love. <laughs> okay. The yeah. one we love is probably handmade, corn. has lots of lard. Uh-huh. It yeah. could be flour or corn, but this okay. is like a healthy Yeah, healthy alternative tortilla, but you know what? It's what you can get at 5 a.m. I like here South at- Carolina yeah.
4: too. Yeah, We're gut. all eating South this is, this Carolina. Is, this is the biscuit. Yeah. And anyone who's, who's grown up in South Carolina or was reared in South Carolina, mm-hmm. this isn't just the most popular bread. This is the official food. I yeah. love uh, the yeah.
2: Palmetto Yeah. as well. Now, is it a, ra- a, biz- a raised biscuit? Yes. Biz? Not the drop. Biz. No. What do you put
6: on your biscuits? I put a little jam. Oh, oh I like a little good. honey. I like uh-huh. a lot of butter, a little honey. Uh,
13: I go savory.
4: Bite
6: I like a little that.
2: gravy. Oh. Gravy. I like
6: more. Like oh, yeah. Butter. All right. So, mine actually, the baguette is New Orleans, so that's really mine. But this is, I grew up in West Virginia, and West Virginia apparently is world famous for its white bread, oh. okay? Uh, classics. There it is. Yes. By the way, there's no better grilled cheese than a wheat. Oh, yeah. so that. Don't Absolutely. try to give no. me wheat no. or no. any of no. the no. whole no. grains. No. You no. need it just like that a peanut butter and jelly. We used yes. to put bologna, mustard, slash it down yes. Yes. and so bite go. it. Do
1: you ever fry bologna with
2: uh, ketchup? Yes.
6: Delicious Bologna's right there. New York. Uh,
2: what uh, you got? Uh, allegedly, the Bialy, uh oh. which is a cross between a bagel and an English muffin. It's uh-huh. got a little sweet onion in there, a little sesame seed, a little poppy seed. So it's like a bagel but flatter and delicious. Yummy.
13: All all right. Right. We really just all want the biscuits. Yeah, we do. So. biscuits. Have Southern in our stomachs. But yeah. Just ahead, an overnight surprise for Swifties. Is Taylor it's stepping out for a okay. one of a kind live okay. performance. We're going to have that and a whole lot more coming up on Pop Start. But we have a marathon to run tomorrow, so we should eat up. Yeah. Yeah. I know. we know. load,
2: really. baby. Biscuits win. Mm. Mm. Good.
11: Good.
0: Hey, it's Mel Robbins.